podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing basketball. 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 Here's our hosts. Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coaching Youth Hoops. Before we get Oops. started, hey, how are you? Doing awesome. Before we get started, I'd like to give you a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, co- obviously, coachingyouthhoops.com. The one-stop shop for basketball. Co- it's a Swiss Army knife for youth basketball coaches. How about that, Coach? I've never it's mentioned. A coach in a box, as as someone yes. told me the other day, which I uh, yeah, which I love. Coach in a box, everything you need. Yeah, yeah. Super there's an S- there's an we'll keep this G-rated, but there's an SNL uh, thing about you know something in a box. <laughs> uh, and then what's the other? What's who? What's our other sponsor, Coach? The Basketball Play Creator. So if you go head over to the basketballplaycreator.com. I I discovered this by a Google search. I was looking for something simple. I didn't need anything complicated um, to create plays um, and drills and everything. And this, uh, um, I found this tool and I absolutely fell in love with it because it's simple. Uh, it creates playbooks easily and I can share those playbooks with players. Uh, it's everything you need. Just, it, you know, I've seen a lot of on our Facebook group, even of coaches, you know, handwritten plays down i'm like go to the play basketball play creator.com and just put it all in there then it's then you have it forever and then you can tweak it as you need it and right. you can share it out with your player so yeah like yes doesn't have to it's be on a brainer. napkin anymore sorry marty does not not be on a napkin anymore uh- hello coaches and welcome to another episode of coaching youth hoops i'm your host coach bill flitter um, before we dive into our guest speaker today, uh, Joe C., I uh, want you guys to head on over to coachingyouthhoops.com. It's basically your coach in the box. We provide everything you need to get your season started, practice plans, all the drills that you need, uh, advice, special content in there as well that you don't hear in the podcast or see in our Facebook group. Uh, and speaking of Facebook group, if you are on Facebook, follow us there at Coaching Youth Hoops um, as well. Just do a quick search. And I do want to do one more shout out. Uh, head over to uh, sport, prosportsequip.com. Uh, use code LEVELUP20 to save on all your sporting goods needs. If you're a uh, if you're looking for jerseys, if you're looking for basketballs, basketball hoops, basically anything you need mario will set you up um he just he absolutely crushed it he made us some warm-up jerseys for my team and i do want to do a shout out to him um for the awesome work that he did on those uh warm-up jerseys so again pro sports equip.com use code level up 20 all right coaches uh we have a Special guest today, Coach Joe C. Joe and I have been running around in the same circles. We actually have not met. Uh, I know of Joe. I know his dad. Actually, just I don't know if you knew that. I had coffee with your dad. 
yesterday, two days ago, whatever <laughs> it was. So I ran into him um, at the Ultimate Fieldhouse. He was coaching one of the teams, and I'm like, we haven't spoken, so let's, uh, let's grab some coffee. Anyway, uh, Joe is uh, he's a coach now, a dad, former basketball player, college player, right? Did you play yeah. in the pros or amateur? No, no, I, uh, I hung him up after, after college. Okay. Well, Joe, uh, welcome to the show. I appreciate uh, you coming on today, and uh, I'm glad you wore your Sports Strong uh, T-shirt as well. I'm representing – actually, I have my Level Up shirt on today. There you so, go. I'll, um, I'll Joe, represent. Uh, yeah, exactly. Joe runs a, a large AU program here in the Bay Area, uh, focused on boys and skills training. And, you know, why don't you dive in, Joe, uh, to your past – your playing days, college days, uh, give the listeners a uh, quick overview. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, went to Dale South High School. I uh, was a four-year starter there. Um, Coach Frank Alaco, it was his first year there. He had uh, come over from Northgate. Hmm. And so uh, he'd won a state title at Northgate and uh, was hoping to, you know, replicate the same success at Dale South. And uh, I was lucky enough to have him as my coach for four years after that I got a full scholarship to Oregon State, played there for only one year. The whole coaching staff that recruited me, they left and went to New Mexico after my first year. Oh, well. So, uh, you know, I missed California weather. It rained a lot there first year in Corvallis. It actually snowed. I think it was the first time in, I don't know, five to seven years that it oh, wow. snowed in Oregon. And so, uh, you know, that coupled with the whole coaching staff, new guy coming in, you know, recruiting his own type of guys – ended up transferring and finishing playing at UC Santa Barbara under Bob Williams. Oh, that's exciting. Yep. Now, did you end up winning a state title at De La Salle when you were there? We did, yeah. So my junior yeah. year, we were uh, 30 and 1, 31 and 1, 31, one of those I can't recall. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, we won the state title. We beat Clovis West. Okay. Uh, All right. One point year. in the state title. Wow. So. And who was on that team with you? We were really good, really good. We had uh, all five starters play D1. Uh, so you had myself, you had yeah. Charles Brown, who was my backcourt uh, mate. He went to Loyola on a full scholarship. You had uh, A.J. Cool. He went to oh, Air Force. A.J. was on that team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, he went to Air Force. You had yep. Chris Ladder, who uh, you know got a scholarship to St. Mary's and then finished playing at Washington State. And the last starter was Connor Famuliner. He uh, walked on at Cal and ended up getting a scholarship. I can't recall if it was his last year or his last two years over at Cal under Ben Braun when Braun was a coach there. Yeah, yeah, and and you know if you're in the Bay Area, those are uh, those are legends uh, in the Bay Area. So yeah, I actually coached with uh, AJ well and Frank uh, at De La Salle. So yeah, yeah, awesome. I got to know both of them really well. And, and if it wasn't for Frank, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I mean, he's yeah. the one who really influenced me. Uh, you know, all the, you know, when I started coaching in the third grade, I'd bring my teams over. He was more than welcoming, right? With the, with bringing teams to his practices, literally would sit in those practices. I went to all his coaches, coaching clinics and, you know, uh, caught the bug. Uh, and then Brian, I met with, I would meet with Brian Sullivan every year and we talk basketball. And he says, why did you come over to the Dale LaSalle? And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before I asked my wife, uh, knew and exactly knew what I, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. And 
Yeah, Frank Frank Skinner, he, he was around a long time, so he yeah he, uh, you know one of probably one of the winningest coaches in the uh, you know Bay Area or probably even the state of California, and and uh, you know obviously had a lot of influence and, and touched a lot of people. So yeah, absolutely. So and tell us about Sports Strong. Yeah, so Sports Strong has been around twenty plus years. Uh, you know, my dad started it uh, just as I had finished you know, playing high school at De La Salle. Um, he, he was probably one of the, I guess, founding fathers, God, maybe, maybe one of the godfathers was, yeah. of, uh, you know, AAU-type basketball in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he ran a successful program for, for like I said, 20-plus years. And then during when COVID happened, he was about to retire and was kind of getting fed up with, you know, what you can and can't do with, with players and spacing and, and masks and, you know, all this crazy stuff that was happening during COVID. It was a nonprofit. And so uh, it's not like he could go, you know, Hey, I'm going to go try and sell this to somebody. I said, Hey, you know, don't just let it fold. I'll, I'll take it over and run it. And I've been doing it for three years now. And, and uh, it's been a great three years. Yeah. Good for you. That's uh, yeah. I know your dad, we, we actually were talking about that, that he has to be one of the, first guys in the Bay area with a team 20 years ago to find anything. Right. That's, um, uh, it, you know, th- like he did and like he built, right. That's gotta be the tip of the iceberg right there where, um, cause about 20 years ago is when things got a little bit more organized as far as basketball programs. And obviously now they're everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy how much has changed over the years. I mean, when I was playing, it was kind of the, you know, the rebels and the soldiers, I'm trying to think if there was any really other, you know, local local AAU programs. That, that was kind of it that I can recall. Uh, and then obviously, you know, my dad started this, and you had MVP Flight, which he 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 was a part of that too at the same time. But but yeah, those were the, kind of the the core ones back in the day. So I'm assuming, like like me and and you know, the before all the AAU, we just hey pick, did pickup games and went to the blacktop and school school park or school lots and just played would that be Absolutely. a fair assessment as far as what kind of how you grew up playing yeah 100 percent uh you know it would be you know you do cyo cyo basketball oh, right. yep. it's kind of the the it and that was the you know late fall early winter sport and then yeah. once that was over you'd go play baseball or what you know the next sport and you know I really didn't play year-round basketball until probably about eighth grade, um, uh, and then obviously all through high school. Yeah. So, Did, so basketball was your only sport in high school. Uh, I played tennis as, as well. I was a tennis player. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, okay, let me get this straight just for all the coaches and parents that are listening. You had multiple sports up till eighth grade. Yeah. You played two sports in high school. Yep. And you still got a Division One scholarship. Is that right? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so you Absolutely. don't have to specialize too early. Is that the <laughs> and yeah, you I mean, you know, that it's t- times yeah. have changed uh, yeah. w- with that. But you know, I kind of did the tennis to maybe take a little bit of a break from basketball, so I didn't, yeah. didn't feel the burnout. You still play tennis? Yeah. No, you know, I haven't played. I mean, I haven't played in several years. I actually during yeah. COVID got into uh, pickleball. Oh, pickleball, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm a pickleball yeah. player now. There you go. Uh, so let's talk, let's dive into AEU. So um, it definitely has changed the landscape 
you know, it's been under heat. There's positive sides. There's negative sides. Let's first dive into the the main benefits you see for kids joining AEU. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's several benefits of, of them joining AEU. Uh, you know, the first, like like I said, when I wasn't around, there wasn't a whole lot of AEU. The yeah. first, just all the better players seem to now be playing AAU versus, you know, when I played it, you played the CYO at a young age and that was, that was kind of it. Or you'd have, you know, maybe a rec city league. So you have the, the, the high level of competition because of all the good players that are playing that. And it basically just gives those all, all athletes, the ability to, to play against the best competition around in the Bay area, or even nationally, if you're, if you're part of a team that travels and does like a national mm-hmm. type schedule. Um, you know, the exposure to college coaches, that's that's another thing that that is huge for AAU. Uh, you know, if you're looking to get a possible scholarship or, you know, even walk on yeah. to college and you're playing in college, AAU gives those athletes the opportunity to get noticed by them. Um, you know, uh, you have the development of skills and the teamwork uh, that AAU can provide for these young athletes. Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit different than than when you're playing for your high school team because you, you don't practice five days a week. You're probably in there two, three days a week at most for an hour, hour and a half uh, each time. Um, but you, you still you can develop the skills and teamwork within the concept of of, of that team. And then lastly, you know, there's just there's personal growth that you can have with with AAU. You know, how, how do you deal with adversity? You know, dealing with the pressure of games. You know, being a good teammate, um, all the all those things are the benefits that I see coming from the AAU world. Uh, so when you speak of AAU, I mean, again, I, I probably most of the coaches that are listening, but what does that mean to you? Like, what is when someone says, you know, they're going to, you know, they're joining an AAU team, what um and sometimes they use that generically as they're just going to do tournaments, right? Or, but what do you think are, I guess the, the question really is, is like, is all AU the same? So to speak. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's different levels of AU, yeah. right? So yeah. even with my program, I've got, I've got what we consider AU, but you know, it's more of a rec developmental type AU club. Mm-hmm. And then I've got AAU where, hey, it's it's a little bit of those players that are going to spend more time, commit maybe year round to to the sport, um, you know, and they're going to go travel around locally. Hey, you're going to play in a couple national possible tournaments, depending on, you know, the skill set and makeup of that particular tournament team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for instance, I'm taking an eighth grade team to Las Vegas playing the Bigfoot hoops uh, this coming weekend. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into that. So uh, I guess, you know, you have, you know, there's fourth grade teams traveling to Vegas and Chicago and, you know, some of the bigger tournaments from even just, you look at our area, Bay area, right. That's where I kind of get hung up where it's like, should fourth graders be traveling to Chicago? Right. And, And at what age is really age appropriate and kind of the negatives of AAU, right? Are we, you know, we play basketball supposed to be fun and entertaining. And, you know, like we said, when we started this conversation at you and I would just get a bunch of buddies together, go play. Those kind of days are over where people just, I don't see that happening as much anymore. So everything is structured. 
They have coaches, trainers, everything else. I mean, I can't tell you how many phone calls I get. Um, I have a, you know, basically ends up being a first or second grader and, you know, they're really interested in basketball. My, my response is always go on the backyard and play with them. <laughs> yeah. Dribble a ball, play, you know, I, now I know other trainers will take that business, but I'm just like, they're, you're, you know, they're your kids go play, just go play. So anyway, getting to the, the point of the question, which is let's talk about like the, the, I don't know, the, other side, the dark side, the, the you know, maybe that's too harsh, but you know where I'm going with that kind of the, the, the bad rap that AAU does get. Right. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And and to your point, Hey, should fourth graders be, you know, traveling across the country and, and playing tournaments? You know, I, I definitely see the positives of, of that being, Hey, you get to expose yourself to a whole nother world. You know, a lot of times you're in this little bubble of your school or your city or, mm-hmm. you know, even the Bay area and you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm one of the best guys in the Bay area. And then you go to some of these tournaments and it's a huge eye awakening experience for some of these kids Yeah, where like, Whoa, there, there's a lot of, a lot of people in this, in this world in the United States and all of them are playing basketball at a young age. And there's really, really good players. And, and not only the players, but even some of these teams are, you know, they play extremely well together because they're talented. They've been playing together for a long time. They've been training. You know it's amazing. I mean? You see some of these young teams, like fourth and fifth grade individual players, even third, where you're like, there's no way that kid's a third grader. Oh, right? it's insane. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then you, there are some of the things where I'm like, okay, you know, does, does a fourth grade team really need to be going to these, these places? I, I yeah. you know, you know, I see the positive and negatives of both. They even, rank, they have rankings now, yeah. national rankings for, I think it might be third grade is the lowest I've I've seen it, but it's like you're ranking these kids, which you know, hey, it's all good for the you know the Instagram and the Facebook and the TikTok <laughs> or, or what have you. But yeah. again, you know, you, you might have this stud kid that's so much you know he's ranked higher than all these kids because he's so much bigger than everybody at that age, right? Yeah. Yeah. And more than likely, that person will get caught up in size and height and speed and all that stuff, and you know, it can hurt the kid too, you know, Hey, they're getting all this pub and all of a sudden they're, they're not good anymore. And you, you know, again, it's, you know, when I was playing, so I actually played with LeBron James when he was going to be a sophomore in high school and I was going to be a senior. Um, I played with him on the soldiers. And I remember, you know, there was the story of Lenny cook. I think there might, I think there's a documentary out on him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, Lenny cook, he's the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy. LeBron James goes and, you know, cooks him at the ABCD camp which, you know, I also played at that camp as well, but, you know, Hey, and then all of a sudden, you know, all the hype, he was still probably hyped up a little bit, but not this, Hey, he's the best player. Mm -hmm. He's somebody else surpassed him. And then he ended up, you know, I think he kind of took a turn for the worst. I think he's turned his life around since then, but again, you're putting all these expectations on these players, the early rankings and they're so, so young, so immature and they don't know how to handle that stuff. Um, But yeah, Back to your point about, hey, yes, can there be burnout, right? Hey, you're traveling, you're doing all this stuff, you're, you're training, all this stuff. And yeah, maybe a kid does lose the love of the game because it's just so much over and over and over. Uh, and well, they're, not just, they're not having fun anymore. They feel it's more of a job. Um, well, I, you, have, you have young boys who yeah. are now playing, right? What, what age? 
Are they? So my oldest is going to be a freshman at De La Salle. Uh, this oh, year. he is that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay. My youngest is going to be a fifth grader. Uh, okay. So. so what did you, let's talk about your freshman. So is he going to be, he's a basketball player? Yep. Yep. So did you do anything different with him? You've been through, right? You've been through the whole process, right? Yep. Did you, were you, you know, what kind of parent were you? Parent, because you're a coach too, so you're walking that fine line, right? Yeah. Well, yeah so, so tell me about that process with your own kids, coaching your own kids, you know, you know, yeah, it's funny you say that. So when I first, you know, he was growing up and, you know, I wasn't really involved in any basketball sports, anything like that. Again, yeah. I played at a very high level. I could have gone and played professionally overseas if I wanted to. I was just, I was just done with basketball. You know, I'd, I'd done it again for probably nine, 10 years in a row where you're going six, seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, and I just, you know, hey, I wasn't going to get rich at it. <laughs> uh, and I was just, Hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm, and I didn't really want to get into the coaching coaching business just because I was like, Hey, I just want to be a dad. I just want to watch my kid there. I want to encourage him. I don't want to, you know, have him feel pressured to, to play well. Cause I'm the yeah. coach and all that stuff. But anyways, I got into it. And again, he played all sports up until uh, sixth grade was the last year he had done, you know, flag football, baseball, uh, basketball, those were, and, and a little bit of golf every now and then. Um, and he had just, he had found the love for basketball himself. You know, he yeah. started, started playing on his, playing his own. And when he was in sixth grade, that's kind of when, when COVID had come around. Um, and so, Hey, he's, he's out, he started working on his game a ton and, and wanting to do that, that sort of thing. And, you know, I just said, Hey, you know, why don't you, you know, you don't need to do all this stuff right now at such a young age, just from yeah. past experience of, and, and he, he really loves it and, and, and is just pushing himself towards it. So I think going back to that AAU stuff, Hey, if, the, if it's, if it's in the kid and they want it, you know, why not push them towards, towards specializing in a sport that they really love? Is he at the point where he can beat you? No, not, not, not yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Not, not if I'm going a hundred percent, you know, it's, it's hard for him to, to beat me. It takes me yeah. a while to get warmed up though. So. I would imagine. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Once I'm warm, uh, he can't beat me. So. <laughs> uh, what role do coaches play in all of this too? Um, you know, I, I, there's different styles of coaching, of course. Right. And, you know, there's you, you, we've seen it all, right? And you've seen it all in the gyms and probably experienced a, a, a lot of it, right? So well, talk to me about where coaching was maybe when you were growing up and do you see it changing now? And if so, how? And when, what do we need to do if, there, it's, if it's still not to the point of where it should be? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, when you, when you come across, you know, the good coaches, yeah. uh, there's not a whole lot of difference between, between now and, and, and when I was playing. Well, what's a good coach? What is define that? What do you see as a good coach? Yeah. I, I, great question. So I, I believe a great coach is someone that's going to va- provide positive instruction and feedback to those players. You know, they're going to set goals and expectations. They're going to create a positive uh, playing environment for everybody. Mm-hmm. And they're they're going to be role models for yeah. for everyone on the team. Um, but because I feel like because there's a ton of ton of AAU programs that that maybe I didn't know about, you know, because I wasn't in the business, but it just maybe more popped up 
you know, since COVID, I, I you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many that you, there's no way that you're going to be able to find all these great coaches because there's so, there's just so many teams and stuff out there. Um, but yeah. So with that said, because there's so many, there's a lot of coaches that don't know a whole lot. They're just there to be there. They're kind of babysitting because you have a wide range of kids playing the sport. Some parents are just pushing their kids into the sport because they want babysitting. Others are there because they want really good coaching. So, you know, it's just a toss up out there in the AAU world. Well, and dive into that because I know you have experience in that because I, I just had this and I know I just had this experience and it comes up a lot with other coaches where a parent is doing the pushing, right? And a parent expectations and the a parent's lens of their player is way above your professional trained eye. And that there's there's ends up a lot of times being a, a conflict, um, and I uh, and I see a lot of times in those cases the pain with the kids on their faces. They don't verbalize it a lot of times, but you can see it, right? Um, they're trying, and there's a lot of effort, but then they feel a lot of anxiety. So how do you deal with that as a coach? Because I know every coach probably runs into that sometime, if not every year, they're coaching. Yeah, I mean, parents, guardians, whoever it may be in their right. you know, person's, or the player's, you know, life. I think they play a critical role in supporting, you know, the kid throughout their, you know, whether it's youth basketball, high school basketball, AU, whatever it may be. You know, mm-hmm. they're the ones that need to be there supporting and encouraging the kids. Um, you know, they, they hopefully they're attending, all. you know, a lot of the games. You know, I any of my parents can attend my practices and see how they're performing at the practices as well. Uh, they should help set, you know, maybe get with the coach and, and the player and maybe help set goals uh, for, for that kid, whether it's short term, such as, hey, you know, hey, make the starting lineup or, or long term, hey, being a varsity basketball starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just need to be there for those kids to do that you know, Hey, give them opportunity for skill development. Uh, you know, are you available to take them just to the park and go shoot and play or, Hey, can you, can you afford to enroll them in a basketball camp? You know, the, the, the parents just need to help, help with all that stuff, teach them the importance of being a good sport, you know, manage their time, being a good role model for them. Um, you know, my thing with I, any parent complaints I've ever had, it's like, Hey, come to the practices, watch your son play. You know, I'm not I'm not picking on him for any any particular reason. This is what I'm seeing. This is what he needs to do better. And just having that open line of communication between both parent and player. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important, too, uh, is that definitely that communication. Uh, you know, it's it's not like, you know, these programs are inexpensive. Right. Uh, so along with that cost is an expectation a lot of times. Right. And the, and the good parents, you know, they get it right. They know where their son or daughter is at, right? And you know they do it because they they're you know their um, their athlete loves the game. Um, and where I think where the conflict comes in though is when the expectations of the player or the parents or the guardians are higher than where the player is at. So you know you mentioned hey communicate with the parents, work with the parents. But as a as a coach, trying to help that individual, right? I always think there's, and then maybe this gets into the question of the the mental side of the game, right? Um, 
how, how do you, as a coach, how can you help kids on the mental side of, of the game? And it, let's take two instances, just in general, but then also that specific player where you see, hey, you know they're trying, they're putting in the effort, uh, and the parents are yelling in the stands, you should have made that layup, right? And then, you know, he, they're sulking on the way back and nervous, so they're just passing the ball. And the parent, why are you passing the ball? You had a wide-open shot, right? And I had someone come to me the other day who was just hanging around me af- after the game, and I thought she wanted to talk to me. And then she said, "I'm," and I said, oh, did you, did you want something? She goes, no, I'm just delaying because I don't want to get in the car. Oh, jeez. Right. So, you know, how do we how do we deal with that situation from a coach's perspective? What tips do you have for other coaches? Yeah, I mean, you know, example I can give of that. I mean, just with my own son. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like all you know, even when I play, you feel like every shot's supposed to go in. Yeah. Right. And you look at the greatest shooter in the world, Steph Curry. How many how many what percent does he make? Forty, forty four, forty five percent of the shots. Exactly, right? yeah. and, that, and he's the greatest ever to ever do it. Um, and the one thing that I always preach with my son, um, that I also do with the players too, is like, I I don't care if you make your shot or not. Obviously, yes, I want the ball to go in. It feels better when the ball is going in. (laughs) As long as you, as long as you are playing your, your best and hardest and playing for and with your teammates, that that's all that matters. You're going to get better as long as you're doing those things. If you're going in and you're going in the gym and you're, and you're putting the work in and the shots, your shots eventually going to go in. Okay, mm-hmm. don't don't let don't let that stuff affect the rest of your game because your game, how you how you're acting on the court, that's going to rub off on on the rest of your team, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, and it also depends kind of the you know the, the level of that player. My, you know, my son's always been kind of more the leader. The the better the one of the better players um on each of the teams that he's played on and and when you're that that person and you're showing those things on the court it affects it affects everybody um so going back to that with hey that parent you, you know you got to pull that kid to the side and go look johnny or J- joe or whatever hey you're gonna miss the, things are gonna happen you're gonna make mistakes yeah hey go make go make up for it on the defensive end Right. Go make a play. Try hard. Continue to be a good teammate. Right. And then, you you know, hey, if you need to have that conversation with that that person's parent because they're over, you know, out of bounds or whatever, then then you have that as a coach. Yeah. One of the things I, I learned the other day, we had I had Graham uh, Beckert from um, the Sacramento Kings. He's their skills trainer. And I interviewed him. And what he teaches players is he calls it just next play speed. Right. Next play. So we used to say next play, but then I, he added the speed part of it. And I really like that because it's like, okay, get there quickly. Like this play's done. You can't change it. You missed a shot. Now don't miss the defensive stop on the other end because you're feeling sorry for yourself. Right. Get there really quickly. So you, you know, in my games, I started using that, you know, next play speed, next play speed. Right. It's okay. You're going to miss it. Right. Or something's going to happen. I had a conversation last night that was really interesting with my team. We, you know, as you know, the, the, the uh, rec league around here, you know, the summer season's coming to the end playoffs are com- this coming weekend. Yeah. And so we sat down and we did a debrief last night. These are seventh and eighth grade girls. And I asked them about 
mistakes and you know you know how they felt and i said a lot of times i thought you guys were a little you were holding back or you're apprehensive and you know one of the things they said is uh they were if they did if they did a mistake they didn't want to feel embarrassed right and i said well who's making you feel that way and one you know one girl said oh my siblings you know i have older siblings that play and they're gonna you're gonna laugh at me because i just missed that wide open layup and other ones are like you know they said it doesn't matter who's ever in the stands or right that or you know i don't want to let my teammates down and um, and they, you know, and they said it, you know, and I asked them, well, is it me? Do I put pressure on you? Like, oh, you know, you know, thank goodness. They said, no, it's like, no, it's not you at all. It's internal pressure that we put on ourselves and this feeling of being embarrassed because we made a mistake, right? Now we really preach, it's okay to make a mistake. You're here to learn that you're going to make a mistake, right? Yeah. I don't expect to be perfect. So how do you help as a coach? How do you help? How do you help your players deal with mistakes um, in game? Because it's got to be quick, right? And then just as you know, your your, your practice at your practices. What were some tips? Maybe you have there. Yeah, I mean, in game, hope, hopefully they're doing something right in the game. Right? Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, hey, yeah. you talk to them about you know you, you mm-hmm. may, whether it's a free throw, you call them over to the sideline, yeah. or you stub them out, you talk to them there. This is during in game, right? And you you go, Hey, what, you know, what happened with the mistake they made or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, and you kind of highlight it with, Hey, well, here's what you did really well. So, Hey, continue, continue to focus, continue to try hard and we'll, we'll correct these mistakes. May not be this game, but Hey, next practice, here's what we're going to work on that. I, that I think will help improve these mistakes that you made during the game. Um, And practice. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you just, you got to stop. You got to, it's, Usually it's not one person that's always making the, the, the same mistake, right? It's usually right. The, yeah. everyone on the team. So you got to stop the practice. Whether perfect example is this is, you know, one of my teams was, was, you know, all turning the ball over. We were playing this again, this is fourth grade. You're talking about, Hey, is it too, too much to travel to Chicago as, as a fourth grade? We're playing a nationally ranked, you know, their top five in the country team. Wow. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're good. They're phenomenal. We, we, we lost by 40. I was actually somewhat proud of the 40 point loss. Four, four, zero, four, zero. Yes. You lost by 40 points against this team. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's and, not a put down on you. It's like, that's, you know, that's how good uh, that fourth grade team was. Yeah. And, and this is a 40 minute running clock too. Right. So they're, they're, wow. you know, uh, boring. <laughs> well, you know, again, the big difference too. A lot of times in the AAU world is versus a CYO or some of these other leagues. Yeah, there's no, there's no press, press, right? And some of these coaches, boom, they're just going to continue. They're up 20, 30, 40, and they're just going to continue to bring that, bring that pressure. Which part of it is good, right? Because your your kids need to be able to to get better at it. But again, at the same point, it's like, all right, are you going to demoralize these kids exactly by, by running the score up? Um, yeah. But anyways, so we, my whole team, just turnover after turnover because they're just pressing us and they're fast and they're quick and they're strong and boom, steal layup, steal layup, right? So hey, the next yeah. practice wasn't just one person, right? So we're going uh, one on two, try to get to half court, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And you've got to dribble up the sideline. As soon as that, that trap comes, you've got to retreat dribble a couple of yeah. times, crossover, keep your head up. Who's open. Right. And so we, we practice that for, you know, 20 minutes. 
right? To hopefully, and we started implementing that, not 20 minutes every practice because you have limited time, but hey, right. every practice we started doing is maybe 20, instead of 20 minutes, you're doing that 10 minutes. And may, they're getting better at it. You bring it down to maybe five minutes and you and you do that. That's, so that's how I would implement those mistakes and practices, just coming up with a drill that will that will hopefully get that individual or that team better and make those mistakes a lot less. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you on the whole pressure thing. You know, there should, at these tournaments, the tournament director should put a limit on it. Like, you're up 20, and maybe, you know, especially in the younger, especially in the younger grades, no. right? No. You know, back off the press. You're going to yeah. clear, it, it doesn't help either side, in my opinion. Um, you know, it makes, I think the kids feel bad to lose by, by 40, and does it really... We just whooped up on a team by 40. I mean, you know, sure, breaking rights. Yeah. I don't know. That's my biggest thing about AU and those types of things. It's like, as this is what I can't, this is where I have an issue. I'll tell you where the issue is. It really is. We're adults. We set the rules and we think that's okay. Now, I'm not a trophy for every kid by far. I'm like the opposite of that. It's like, but there be, there's a point of just hammering and hammering someone where they don't want to play. I had, a, there was a team in our, and I run a high school league here, right. For girls. And there was a team that got beat pretty bad it, over. Mm-hmm. This is a summer league team and it's everybody plays everybody in the Bay area. Right. We're all, we all know who each other are. Yeah. They bragged about it. And the, the girls on the other team, they were like, we're not playing this year. And it wasn't, it was one of those 40, 50 point losses, pressure, 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 right? So we changed the rules this year. So it's just like, look, we're here to learn. Summer's here to learn, not, this is not AU. We're, you know, anyway. So it was just like, you know, they, that happens at every level. Yeah. In, in a high school and high school and down. So, yeah. And a quick, you know, just one more thing on that. Hey, I do, you know, that with the press thing, going back to that. Yeah. I do you think it kind of also depends on the team? That, that, that you have so for instance we lost by 40 they were pressing yep. but, you know my team my team was you know according to some websites was ranked top 25 on the west coast okay uh, and so it's a good team right yeah where they're they're mostly kind of year-round almost basketball players uh at a, at a very young age and they're, they're pretty good right so i like to see it number one because hey those guys, hey, you want to be good at basketball? Like, hey, this is good basketball right here. Yeah. If you want to, you think you're good, but this is this is this is good. Uh, <laughs> their chest at rank number twenty five, right? And you're like you said the earlier. It's like okay, there's 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 one through five, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, and then if you have a, a you know a, a team that's more of like a seasonal type player or whatever, and a team's you know. And and they're not very. It's just like that. That's no fun at all. But yeah, um, yeah. you know, you, you know, hey, as a coach, you're you're trying to figure out, okay, what, who do I need to put where to to not have this atrocity and all these turnovers <laughs> in the backcourt, you know? Um, and you're trying to pump your team. You still got to stay motivated and pump your team. Right. That that's that's all I had left on that. Well, it's a good life lesson too, right? As we should be teaching. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, that, you know, Frank was Frank Alaco senior was really good about the correlation between life and basketball. Right. He was a master at drawing those correlations. And, you know, I think that, you know, sports can help 
produce leaders, how to come out adversity, how to work with a team, etc. So, you know, again, losing by 40, you think you're really good. And it's like, no, nope, somebody's a little bit better than you, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So get back in the lab, right? Um, let's talk about uh, I have a couple of questions, very specific questions. A lot of there's always a lot of questions on our Facebook group about the best offense, the the you know how to beat a zone. Um, you know, as you can imagine, right? There's numerous kinds of offenses, multiple ways to beat a zone, multiple zones to run, multiple press breaks, multiple press er, presses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always what's the best, what's the best, what's the best. Uh, how would you just generally address those questions? You know, you have several teams, you have an organization. What's your philosophy and thinking on the best to run at? Maybe it's different for age group, but I'm just wondering, you know, generally what's your feedback on that? Yeah. All right, coaches, interrupt you and be in your ear, but uh, make sure you go over. Remember, prices are going up very quickly um, before the end of the month. And you're going to want to make sure you join Coaching Youth Hoops right now before prices almost double. And what else, Coach? Hey, uh, September 13th, we are launching the Coaching Youth Hoops Masterclass. So go sign up over at coachingyouthhoopsmasterclass.com. We're going to walk you through step-by-step on season planning. And you are going to be a confident coach going into this season. Yes. Yeah, it's dependent on the skill level and the type of players you have, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you've got really no guy that's that good of a post player, you know, hey, you want probably wish you go five out. If you've got a, a dominant big guy, uh, you probably want to get, get a guy in the post, four out, one in. Um, there, There is no, you know, one size fits all offense or one that's better than the other. All through my, my levels of playing, I played – everything you can imagine right Mm -hmm. from instant type stuff to to you know you know four out one in five out um you know sometimes we did three out two in um just kind of depend on the personnel and and even the team you're playing um but but the key the key is to kind of have a base of everything for a program like myself you know we've got you know at the the height you know 26 27 28 teams you want to kind of have a base of of what you want each of your coaches to run and then, you know, give the coaches a little bit of autonomy to do what they see as best for, for this team. Um, That way, you know, each, each, if one player has a different coach, they're kind of running something similar. They kind of know the base, Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, let the coaches be able to tweak it themselves. Yeah. And when you say a base, just to be clear, are you talking like a base offense? Okay. We believe in, I I don't know if this is true or not, but like a five out. And that's yep. what we're going to run. Okay. And then yep. tweak it from there. It's like, oh, we you know, got a dominant post player on this team. So maybe go four out, one in. But the basic principles still apply with maybe that tweak of the one in a little bit. Yep. Is that kind yep. of the general? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. And talk to me about, well, so you have, you know, 20 some teams. First off, how long are your practices usually? Hour, hour and a half? Yeah, again, it, it depends on on the team, right? So if you're more of a rec development team, you're going an hour. Um, some of my uh, tournament teams, they go an hour and a half. Uh, they're okay. going, everybody's going twice. Two days twice a week? week? Yep. Twice a week, uh, okay. You know, I, I wish, I wish, you know, I, I was able to get more time with with the players and, and uh, there's just not enough gym time. There's not enough coaches, you know. 
it's yeah. it's it's crazy out you'd there. never see your family <laughs> yeah yeah um you know um uh, but i always tell this to to every kid and parent that's out there if, if all you're doing is you're doing practice with us you're you'll get you'll get better but you're you're going to get yeah. behind by all these other players that are they've either got a personal trainer or they're going out and playing on their own a lot of these kids are playing for you know two three four yeah, AAU yeah. teams, right? So they're probably yeah. practicing, you know, twice a week with with two teams. Yeah, and then guest guest appearing in in tournaments on weekends. <laughs> so right. Uh, talk to me though about okay. So you have let's break this down. Then you have a rec team, um, you know, CYO or like you said with your organization, you have kind of two levels. Walk me through that hour to an hour and a half practice plan for that rec team. Yeah, the, the practice plans are very similar uh, okay. between uh, the, the, the rec team and the tournament team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just do a little bit more with with the tournament team just because they're they're typically more of a year-round type player. Yeah. And so you, you can evolve offenses and defenses and but with the rec team because you a lot of them are seasonal and you, you may only see them, you know, one of the four seasons or two of the four seasons, you, you, you can't get as elaborate with with some of the stuff in their skill set isn't there. But yeah. so the first 15 to 20 minutes of those rec practices are all skill development stuff. So it's, uh, I have some, a bunch of weighted basketballs. We do a lot of weighted basketball dribbling stuff. Hmm. We do some one-on-one type move stuff uh, and as well as some shooting technique and form. And I'm uh, sorry, did you, how long is that first part of the fundamental part? Did you say uh, 15 to 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. And that's when you're talking like a yeah, third, you said a third okay. of the practice. So they've right. got a basketball mm-hmm. in their hand for 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Every practice. Um, you know, the next, I kind of evolve it. We, we do some three on three stuff. Hmm. We do then that's going to be for you know, 10 minutes mm-hmm. and we do some four on four stuff. And then we go to five on five stuff. And each of those is about 10 minutes long. Um, you know, we may we may throw in a fun you know Olympic drill or something like that yeah. into the practice, but you know the the problem is if if you're going if you're just trying to go five on five or whatever the whole practice and yeah. you've got you know ten kids out there twelve I don't know how many you know most most programs have, but players only going to touch the ball if you do you know a lot of five on five stuff very limited I want. I want these kids to get better. I want them to have fun. I want them to learn about the game. And the, the only way to do that is getting a ball in their hand as much as possible. So again, 20 minutes, straight ball in their hand the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, then yeah. you go three on three. So you're going to touch the ball a lot more than you are five on five. Yeah. And then you're going to touch the ball a little bit less in the four on four and a little bit less on the five on five. But at least you've got your touch. You've got the ball in your hand and you're, and you're learning some stuff and spacing. And especially at the younger ages, that's, that's that's huge because when I've got first second graders in my program, oh wow! Those first second, there's usually one kid that's really good, yeah, and he'll just dominate the ball in the practice the whole time, right? Right, because right. Kids look for him like, oh, he's going to score, and kids <laughs> kids kids, kids want to win, right? They, they, right, they, right, right, right. They they quickly know who that better player is, and that better player also is running towards the ball trying to catch it. Um, and so again, when you got three on three in the four, just they're, they're, they're touching the ball more than, than they are in the five on five. 
So let me get this straight. So you do about 10 to or 15 to 20 minutes. Let's just call it 20 minutes mm-hmm. of just they're doing their they're hand on the ball, ball mm-hmm. fundamentals. And then yep. the rest of the 40 minutes an hour practice is playing. 30, 30 three, three, to four, four. About 30 to 40 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, during that, and this is really important because I think a lot of coaches struggle with this during that 30 to 40 minutes. So, okay. I just let, you know, I'm a CYO coach. Let's say I'm a rec coach, whatever. Well, Joe, I got to put in my, my press break and my inbounds plays and my, you know, my offense and then defense. Are you doing, are you just letting them play or are you, you know, do you, like you said, you like, if it's a five out offense, you got to teach them that you just, so kind of like get into the details of how you train that. Yeah. 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 Great question. So again, you're you're instructing them the whole time, right? You're not you're not just letting them play, hey, right. you know, open mm-hmm. gym style. So when you when you go to the three on three, you're working on closing out. You're working on your man defense because you can't play. You know, I guess you could try a zone with three guys, but you're working on your man defense, <laughs> right? And and you're working on positioning based on the offense that you're running. Okay, so it's not just a free for all where they can go wherever they are, wherever they want on the court. Yeah got them spaced out where you'd want them on offense so we you know we, we we'll either run a, a, a five out or we'll run a four out one in if i'm going four out one in i only a lot of times i'll only use half the court because i got you know two guards up oh, top and one in the yeah. corner and yeah. so hey you've got to work on this half of the court right and so that's part of the offense that you're you're implementing at least in my practice what i'm doing then when yeah. i go for when i go four on four I've got it, everything but the post guy, but you're still in your offensive formation minus the post guy. Yeah. And so you're working on what you would do minus the post guy. And then when you add the, the five on five post guy, now you're, now you're running your offense, what you would, but it's everything is building up to that five on five on the offensive end. Okay. Now yep. on the defensive end, most of my practice is, is spent man to man. All these are man to man. You're teaching the fundamentals, whether it's three on three, Four and four, it's it's all the same. Help side, pressure the ball. Hey, deny deny the guy the ball when he's picked up his dribble. All that, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there is, I would yes say five to ten, ten minutes or so where you're going to work on an out of bounds play. But you know, once everybody knows that out of bounds play, this is the beginning of the season. You're putting that in. You put one or two in at yeah. most. Right. The, especially for the rec kids, right? At the younger age, you're only putting in one out of bounds play. They can only, my first and second grade, <laughs> if you put one in and you spent, you know, an hour on it every practice, someone's bound to mess up in the game. Exactly. Um, yeah. But so, so that's kind of what a practice w- would look like. And then you're going to spend the five to 10 minutes. Yes. Depending again, the, the, the rec developmental teams, most of those kids aren't pressing. Most mm-hmm. teams aren't pressing in the rec developmental leagues. Um, just because again, it's more, it's more wreck. And if you're really good, most of those really good kids are playing tournament. Um, you're going to have a couple teams that do it. And a couple of my teams for sure press and in and, and that extra five to 10 minutes, you work on, you work on that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then what about again, getting into these nuances of a, a zone offense, right? So mm-hmm. somebody's running zone against you, right? You're practicing your man to man and how to play against man to man. Then someone you know throws a wrench in there and they're running a two three zone. Yep. Right. What? How, 
what about all of those kind of just nuances, a, a zone inbound, right? Zone defense on the inbound play, right? Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't matter if you have man-to-man because, you know, you still can run your man-to-man play against that or a a, 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 a zone, which most of them are, press, right? A one, two, yeah. two, 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 one, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah no, uh, again, a lot of zone, especially on the defensive zone and man, when you're when you're on the defensive side of the ball, are have very similar, like they're they're very similar. You could play a man to man, and it's just a matchup zone in an in an essence, right? They right. have the same fundamentals. Hey, if the ball's in your area, you're guarding the ball. If it's not, you're jumping a help side. You're covering your teammates' weak yeah. area. Um, and so the man, the the zone offense, we put it in very quickly. It's very simple. Um, and you, you have to have just something to combat the teams that, that run zone. Um, and so, yeah, we, 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 we implement all that throughout the practices. Uh, you, you play a lot, whether it's my rec teams playing in league or you, you, you're playing in a tournament, you run into the same teams and you can kind of that week go, Hey, all right, I know I'm playing X, Y, Z. They're going to run a two, three zone on us. Let's just review our two, three zone for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, right? Instead of maybe going five on five, man, you go, hey, we're going to spend that time working against a two-three zone because we know this team is going to be playing that against us. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Because those quite, yeah, those quite, those detailed questions always come up in the Facebook group. And the practice plan is, you know, you want to get as much done as much fundamentals as you can in in those practices. So I appreciate you taking the time diving into that. The other big question, and I, I think I already know your answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. That always comes up is, oh, I hate zone and zone should be, you know, out of the game, you know, and the youth level um, or why, you know, there was, there's always two counters to that. Where do you fall in, in the zone at the youth level? Should we do it? Should we have it? Should we keep it? Should it be gone? You know, what's your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I say, you know, I, some of my teams run zone. Some of them mm-hmm. run man. We do a mix of both. I think I think kids should learn how to play both, mm-hmm. um, because more than likely they're going to be playing at some point in their life. Whether it's they play it for a different AAU program that they decide they want to go to, whether it's their right. high school, most most of the time they're going to play play zone. Very few kids are going to make it to the NBA where it's ninety nine point nine percent man. Yeah. You know, they do a few zones every now and then. I think the Warriors are running zone against. Uh, yep. Who were they? Who, who was it? They were playing. They were running. I remember they were running zone. Maybe against the Lakers because they couldn't. You know they couldn't stop. You know Anthony, they were doing something, but they were running zone. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's 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 good to learn and and either play or play against both man and zone. And uh, are you so one of the arguments against zone at like third, fourth, and maybe fifth, and you know maybe boys and girls are slightly different, but not much is. Well, third grade, you can't shoot from the outside. Yep. Right. So let's just have them play and, and, you know, be able to score and have fun. And, um, you know, that's always kind of the argument of not doing zone. So, what you know, I, I, specific- I, I, agree, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, again, I had a first, second grade and it was mostly first graders, um, uh-huh. playing, and they played up in the league and they're playing against second graders. And, and we played probably man. 80% of the time and, and occasionally we're shoot, we got to go to a two, three zone to, you know, slow the game down a little bit and mm-hmm. the personnel you have in there. But 
And we go against teams that were again a year older than us and they're, and they're playing zone against us. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I, that I do like when, when teams zone us mm-hmm. is you got to pass the ball. You yeah. got to move the ball around. Yeah. And I tell all, all my guys, every time you catch the ball, the first thing you should do is look, shoot the ball. Am I open? Is this a good shot for me? And I want all my guys to shoot the ball. Second yeah. thing I, I tell them on the offensive end is pass the ball. Third thing I tell them is, all right, nobody's your shot's not open, teammates not open. Now dribble the ball. Problem is when when everybody goes man to man, everybody thinks they can beat the yeah. one because they watch <laughs> whether it's highlights on you know ball is yeah. live or you know any of the, any of the stuff or the NBA highlights, ESPN. What do they see? They see Kyrie Irving doing all this fancy stuff, right? And so. When, when teams go zone and my guys start trying to dribble against the zone and they're turning it over and I have to call a timeout and go, look, guys, I told you, you got to first look for your shot, second pass. I go, they're in a zone. You are you are not skilled enough at this point, first, second, third, whatever grade it is, to dribble by five guys. You guys got to share the ball as a team, and that's how you beat the zone. Yeah. And so, so for me, I, I, do like, I do like when teams zone us because, again, it, Passing is a big part of, of of my belief. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No, that's good. That's good because then they're getting those fundamentals too, and it's a good argument to. Yeah, uh, there's, there's no the there's no really right or wrong reason uh, or, or answer, I should say, but but that that's my belief on that. Well, uh, last question for you then, unless you have any, you know, if you want to add anything um, or any final notes or thoughts, but. Okay, let's talk about your magic wand situation. You've grown up in a you know an era where we played pickup basketball. Uh, you you know you went on to play in high school. You went on to play in college at a very high level. Uh, if you had, and, and maybe that's great, and maybe today you think is great as well. And you know we often compare our time versus today, and you know it just changes. But what's your magic wand situation? If you could just have you know you have complete. Um, you know, uh, you can change everything about youth basketball today. Are there a couple things that you would change in the landscape of things? Probably the main thing that that I would change is you have all these, you know, two day tournaments, three day tournaments. If it's a holiday, mm-hmm. right? So you play anywhere between three to five games and you know there there's there's a champion after those you know those games yeah. are played and then the next weekend you go and you play in a different tournament and then there's you know a different champion or maybe the same champion i'd love to see somehow you know almost like a you know whether you do it for a, a season fall winter whatever whatever it may be or you do a whole year-round thing almost like a league type thing where you actually you're playing everybody and hmm. you actually, there's actually a, a champion versus, Hey, I just, uh, played, I just played a three game tournament. We're the champions of such and such tournament. Yay. Cr- hey, congrats versus, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, you know, anybody who wants to really compete and find out who the best, best is you enter, you know, for, for three or four months, you're playing every possible team and maybe after the first three tournaments, the top half advanced to the final tournament 
for the for the champion based on record and that sort of thing. Um, that would be probably the the thing that I see is just it's like there's tournament, 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 tournament versus an actual, you know. Yeah. So it's interesting because yeah, I guess what you're what it is is you won that tournament. You're the best for that tournament, but the quote unquote better teams just didn't go to that tournament, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. right? yeah. So you, yeah, what's the judge? You're judging yourself maybe against call it you know talent that's not where you're yeah. at, right? Yeah. Better yeah. world. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, any any final thoughts you want to add or tips you want to give to coaches? Yeah, you know. I, I do think basketball has come a long way since, since I played. Uh, again, these kids are so skilled compared to, again, when I, when I was playing, just because they have so much more access to whether it's trainers, whether it's all these different AAU clubs and the year round stuff that they have at such a young age are so much, so much more skilled. But I do feel in watching over the last three years, the youth basketball, AAU type stuff, they don't compete hard. Mm. And they don't compete hard because they are playing a ton of, ton of games, right? Yeah. You know, Hey, when I played, I played one, this was, you know, when I was a youth before high school, one game a week during CYL and that was it. Yeah. That's all I had. Yeah. So I, I had to, I had to personally, mm. if, if I won or lost, you know, I had a whole week to sit on that. These kids, these kids, they can lose a game, and well, uh, they got a next, they got a game in an hour. Yeah. Right? They lost yeah. that one. Hey, they got a game tomorrow. Oh, you lose that one. Oh, no, no problem. You got a game next weekend. Right? They, they they do play a lot of basketball, and and I just don't think they compete as hard as as you and I probably competed. That's a good point. Because yeah. there there just wasn't as much opportunity. You had to make you had to make it count when we were playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're absolutely right. Even, you know, like coach CYO too, when you lost as a coach, you're like, I guess, you know, got a whole week to like hit myself. Oh, why didn't I do this and beat myself up? Right. You, your competitive juices get going too. So no, that's a really good point. Uh, coach, thank you. That was awesome. Uh, I appreciate, I think, appreciate uh that. yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing how your your sports strong teams do down the road. And uh, how can coaches find you if they have any questions? Yeah, it's sportsstrong.com, www.sportsstrong.com. My my email and my my cell phone info are on there. So perfect. All right, coach. Thank you. Appreciate your time. And coaches out there, go to, over to coaching youth hoops. Uh, and get all your coaches, all your coaching needs right there. All right, till next time, we'll see you soon. Take care, Joe. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.